0: answer him, that we might confront each other in court. He's referencing God right now. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together. Now, I will present to you today why if you say that after what I present, I'm going to say you have no right to say that sentence unless you're just quoting that scripture. It does not make sense to say that now, because we do have somebody who can mediate between God and man. And he is God and man, so it's pretty cool. So, my subject today is the person and work of Christ. And I'm going to specify that I'm talking about his ascension, him going up to heaven, and his high priestly status. So, I'm going to be covering his ascension and exaltation, his role as high priest, and how he represents, intercedes, and advocates for believers in him. We're going to start, we're going to go to Acts 1-9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the context of this passage is the disciples that are watching Jesus as After he has been risen from the dead, they're watching him say, peace out, and he goes up in the sky. Now, if that's all you read and knew about Jesus, it wouldn't make sense. But the good news is there's Luke, which is written by the same author of Acts, Luke, and there's Matthew, Mark, and there's John, all these eyewitness testimonies of what happened. Now, out of all the uh, Gospels, Jesus, when he speaks of himself, calls himself the son of man a lot. And this is actually an allusion to a book we know from our Old Testament uh, called Daniel, and a really good passage that Jesus kind of, at one point in time in one of the Gospels, he places himself in this passage, is Daniel 7, 13 through 14. I'm going to read this passage. I kept looking in the night... Visions, And behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Now we have hindsight, so we know that this passage is prophetic and it's speaking of Jesus, Um, Jesus goes around when he is doing his ministry, his earthly ministry, and he calls himself the son of man 80 times within Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So it's a big deal to him. That's what he calls himself the most. So I'm going to fast forward to Mark 14, 60 through 64, and this is where Jesus makes someone so mad when he places himself in this slot of the son of man from Daniel, the high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. Again the high priest was questioning him and saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man at the, height, at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Tearing his clothes... The priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. So we all know that Jesus died for our sins, right? And that he rose again. But the significance of us seeing in Acts him going and ascending, the reason why we're told that is so that we can be assured that. Not only is he risen again, but he will never die again. He is going to be with Yahweh forever. And that's a preview of what we'll we'll get to be one day. We don't know all the details, if I get taller or not, but we'll see. So, now moving on, I'm going to be jumping into Hebrews 7, 24 through 27. And this... uh letter. We don't know quite who wrote this letter. Um, There's different theories, and some are better than others. But whoever this was, they were a devout follower of Jesus, and this is what they say. They seem to be very versed in the Old Testament. They use it a lot in Hebrews. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. There he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Since Since he always lives, when he offered up himself. So this would just highlight the fact that it's forever. He's a priest now. And this also means that anybody after the fact, and there were lots of people that came after this fact that say there's a new priesthood that needs established, you can say, Well that's that's a bunch of squat because Jesus has or the author of Hebrews in the New Testament and the apostles affirmed that Jesus was our high priest. There's no need for you to go out in the woods and see God the Father and and uh, um, Michael the Archangel and all these different characters telling you, well, we need a new priesthood because the one that Jesus said would last forever didn't last forever. So anybody who comes and says that, you can calmly say, well, be loving and gracious, but you can tell them that they need to read this thing called the New Testament. And the sad thing is they, a lot of those people claim that they've read it, so it's really fun. Now, the last part I'm going to tackle is how he represents intercedes and advocates for all the believers. Now, I would say this is the most uh, um, important or maybe immediate part for us because it affects us directly right this moment. Um, Not that the other things don't, but this, you'll see what I mean. So, most of the time, you hear Jesus died and rose for us, um, and in my experience, usually I hear Jesus died for you. I'm sure if I, there's a bunch of YouTube videos that will say otherwise, but I think the kind of... uh, a stereotypical Christian in some film is they're saying Jesus died for you. Can I tell you about how Jesus died for you? You don't really hear how he rose for you. But even when you do it still kind of ends there for most people. At least that's how I take it. It's he died. He got beat up for you and then died and then came back to life for you and then disappeared. But the cool thing is that's not the truth. There's way more to that. that. All that did happen but it's way bigger than that because it is affecting you currently, and I'll show you how. So, I'm going to read from 1 John 2, 1-2. through 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the world. So, before Jesus... And the uh, Old Testament system and the the way the Jews dealt with sin was they had their priest that was like their holy guy that would make sacrifices on behalf of the people. But because he was imperfect, he would also have to make sacrifices for himself. It just highlights the point of how awesome it is that we have a man and God all in one, God-man, Jesus, as our priest, because he can do both roles, and he doesn't have to do additional sacrifices for himself. So he's a really good, and I don't want to be stereotypical, but he's a really good lawyer. I know he's a Jew, but he's the ultimate God-man lawyer. So you have both parts of it. So I don't understand why it's a bad thing. Like Your people are really really intelligent and really I'm not saying anything nefarious like you guys are really good at batting for people I just I don't get why that would like I don't have any I'm I'm Irish so my stereotype is that I like to drink a lot of liquor so I think it's a good stereotype to have anyway uh, (laughs) justifications for stereotypes aside I want to show another example so we know that when when we sin we have an advocate we have someone that it will actively forgive us, not just for our sins that we committed before we came to know him, but after. Um, another thing that he can do with this kind of intercession is he can root for us during persecution. Now, it's, we get persecuted now, but it's mainly you get, like, your Facebook atta- account taken down or something like that, and you have to go to some obscure uh, social media site or something for the most part, at least in my life, in my orbit it could get worse in other places. It obviously is. Just I'm saying it's kind of hard to relate to this. But I'm going to read from Acts 7, 54 through 60. Now, when they heard this, this is Stephen, by the way. Um, he is being persecuted by the, the uh, Jewish leaders who think he is a blasphemer. For worshipping Jesus Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said, "Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God." But they crowd out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. So, this is an example of someone who, in the very early days of what it meant to be a Jesus follower, recognizing that reality that Jesus had ascended to the right hand of the Father, and that is an encouragement that Jesus is standing up on his behalf, in his corner, so to speak, for him, and that encourages him to embrace not only being stoned to death, um, but also asking that God would forgive the people who were stoning him, which I think that's very powerful, that we have a Savior who can help us do something like that when we're in such times of trouble. So I hope you understand that everything I'm saying, I got from this book called The Bible. I'm going to actually send it to Mark, because he asked for it a while back, my uh, proof, And then we're going to post it somewhere, hopefully a link or something, the website, Facebook page or something, so you can fact check me. But this is why we believe that Jesus is our high priest who advocates and intercedes for us, um, because it's what the Bible says, and it's proper context. And anybody who comes along and says that that priesthood is done away with is silly and wrong. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for giving us all this easy access to uh, flip through or scroll through the Bible at the touch of a finger, Um, and thank you for the freedom we have to do this at this current point in time. I ask that uh, we use it to know you deeper and not just know about you, um, but know who you are and what we can do for you and what you can do um, alongside us. We ask...